Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Jay Billis is ESPN's lead analyst for college basketball, and he also loves the game of golf, and he has been great about coming on the show just before his schedule gets crazy. It's a pleasure to welcome Jay Billis back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Jay? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm good. Um, Best new place, not a, a new place to you, best new place you played this summer? Best new place I played this summer. I played a lot of really cool ones. I don't know that any of them were new. I well, mean, I new to Jerry you. Hills out in Denver. New to you. Uh, I don't think I played anywhere new to me. I, I mean, a Hoopy Match Club is still is still new to me mm-hmm. and still new to a lot of people. But uh, but other than that, I think I've played places that I've played before, and uh, and I don't feel bad about that because they're all great. <laughs> Lowest uh, score this summer. My lowest score, I shot a 73 at Charlotte Country Club, and okay. that, was, uh, that was the lowest, and I haven't been sniffing it since. <laughs> when, um, when you play in these tournaments and you get paired with folks, what kind of player do you enjoy playing with? Uh, anybody that, that is there like I am to have a good time. I mean, everybody wants to play well and do their best and all that, but, uh, but I know I'm not a professional golfer and I'm never going to be one. Uh, I'm there for me. Golf is a, uh, I would call it a competitive social event. Uh, but the emphasis is more on social and I got paired in, uh, in a, an outing recently with three players that have all played match play in the mid amp. And, uh, huh. I felt, badly out of place but they could not have been nicer and it couldn't have been more of a fun round um so to me the level of golf doesn't you know play play fast and have fun is the uh the main thing do you think your friends would refer to you as more social than competitive yeah, in golf, absolutely. Okay. Uh, because, you know, you, you I think, though, I wish, I, I mean, you and I may have talked about this in the past, John, but I wish I'd played golf when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I had played as a young person, I think I would have been better at almost anything uh, I've been involved in. I would have been a better basketball player, better at everything. Because it, it really teaches you, in my view, to deal with failure and move on to the next thing as quickly as possible. And, uh, and I struggled with that a little bit in basketball. Coach K used to have something called it next play. He'd just say, next play, move on. You, know, you can't make the next play if you're thinking about the last one. And, uh, and golf, to me, is the ultimate of that. You, know, you, you play a four-hour round, and the action in that four hours might amount to, a, a, what, six minutes? And, uh, and as Curtis Strange once told me, that's a, that's a lot of time in between shots to screw yourself up if you allow it. And, uh, and I, I've really taken that to heart. You mentioned uh, Coach K, which reminds me of, of Coach Knight. You played, you played a fair amount of golf with Coach Knight, didn't you? I did. Uh, we got to be friends probably 20-some years ago. Uh, I met him when I was in college, and I knew him uh, as, a, as a broadcaster. When I first started broadcasting, I would do Indiana games. And then, uh, but I got, I got very close to him when he went to Texas Tech and spent a lot of time with him in Lubbock and other places. But we started taking golf trips back then when he was the head coach of Texas Tech. And then when, uh, when he came with ESPN, we spent even more time together. Uh, so, we, yeah, we went on, uh, I think it was four, at least four overseas golf trips, uh, uh, Scotland and Ireland, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, some other trips. So I, I spent a fair amount of time with them on the golf course. So he enjoyed the game. 
He really did. He, I wouldn't call him obsessed with it. He was probably more obsessed with hunting and fishing as opposed to golf, but really enjoyed golf and enjoyed the social aspect aspect of it. And our golf trips were not for the faint of heart. I mean, we played 36 holes a day uh, every day unless we were traveling to or from uh, the golf trip. But on a full day of the golf trip, we played 36 holes, no discussion. And uh, and after about a week of that, I think we were all ready to, to put our clubs away for a little while. We're talking with uh, Jay Billis here on the Augusta Golf Show. How would you like to see Coach Knight remembered? You know, John, that's a really good question. I mean, he, he's a unique person and personality. And so I wouldn't argue with anyone's view on Coach Knight. Um He's that he's that unique in that regard. Uh, so there there are people that that maybe didn't know him the way I did that would have a negative view of him, and and I don't waste my breath trying to talk them out of it. But when people do ask me and they they want to know about him, uh, I'm I'm quick to say he's he was as intelligent a person as I've ever been around. Uh, he's the best teacher of basketball and had the best understanding of the game of anyone I've ever been around. Uh, and uh, now he was bigger than life in, in every way, including his flaws. His flaws were bigger than life, and I don't rationalize nor excuse some of the things that, that he did or said that I didn't agree with. But uh, I felt the, the positives far outweighed the negatives, and, uh, and, and he was my friend, and I, I, I did not and do not apologize for that. Do you think Jay will, will ever see another undefeated team in college basketball? We probably will. Um, you know, it's been a long time. It's been since 1976. Uh, the closest we've come recently was that Kentucky team in 2015 that was 38-0 in the Final Four, and they ran into the only team, honestly, that I thought that could beat them that year in, in Wisconsin, and they got clipped in that game. But, uh, you know, my sense is we'll see somebody that does it. Um, it. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do in any sport. We haven't seen anyone do it in the NFL since the 1972 Dolphins. Uh, but, uh, but I don't, I don't, you know, foreclose the possibility that it could happen again in the future. It's just going to be really, really difficult. Harder today than it, than it ever was. Yeah, because scheduling is different. Uh, one, one, the teams play more games. So Bob Knight's team, I think there were 32 and 0 and, you know, John Wooden's teams were 30 and 0, uh, didn't play as many conference games. That's far fewer opportunities to lose against the best teams that you play. Uh, so yeah, it, it's different, but but yeah, I, I still don't don't uh, say it's out of the realm of possibility. But uh, uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm I'm counting on it anytime soon. Were um, Were you surprised when uh, Filipowski came back to school? No, um, I, I think one he didn't want to go pro. Uh, there was zero decision on his part. I was told that he walked into John Shire's office. Uh, they you know, I don't need to go to the combine. I'm coming back. And it wasn't even a discussion point. But I think for a lot of big guys, and especially now with NIL where players can make money, uh, there's not the same kind of rush to be a pro as there used to be. You know, if you're going to be a top 10 pick or a lottery pick, something like that, I, I certainly understand it. I understand it with everybody that wants to go. It's free choice. But uh, I think a lot of big guys are, are being a little bit more patient than they were perhaps, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. For those who may not know, a college player in NIL, what kind of money do they make? It depends on who it is. Some can make in the in the millions. 
uh, others, you know, hundreds of thousands. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, an evolving market, but we're seeing a lot of players make a lot more money now than they ever did in the past. Um, have you, uh, back to golf, have you uh, ever played the Grove? I have not. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that have played there, and, and all of them seem to really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to it. I was just down in Florida playing, so uh, it wouldn't have been too far for me to get there. I just haven't had the opportunity yet, or the invitation. So if anybody wants to take me, I'm gonna, I'll go. <laughs> tell, tell me, well, you know, maybe Michael's listening. Tell me your best Michael Jordan story. Well, there were a bunch of them, and they usually ended with us losing. We did, uh, we did beat one of Jordan's teams the last game we played against him in 1984 in the ACC tournament. But uh, I think to me, uh, when Jordan, uh, we played in a game and, and one of our guys got a steal, went in for a layup, and Jordan went to block it and he hit his head on the backboard. And they had to stop the game so he'd get medical attention. And uh, I've, never, I've never seen anything like that before or since. Uh, you, don't, you don't see too many guys with their head on the backboard. I know, it was a problem I never had. Maybe my elbow, but never my head. <laughs> Um, unfair question. It, it always is an unfair question. Here we are in November, but uh, if you had to pick the final four, who are they? I would probably go uh, Purdue, uh, Kansas, Duke, and even though Michigan State lost its, lost its first game, I still think Michigan State's got a chance to be there at the end. But uh, uh, it, it, I would not be surprised to see a team like Arkansas or um, – uh, UConn, make it again, or Marquette. Uh, Marquette's an outstanding team. He is Jay Billis, ESPN's lead college basketball analyst and always gracious with his time. Jay, thank you for saying yes to this. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, John. Always my pleasure.